Hi, I'm Nicole Doily. Welcome to Let's Talk, Conversations on Race. The majority of Americans say that race relations are bad. And yet we find race very difficult to talk about. We're afraid of stepping on toes, of saying the wrong thing, of making a terrible mistake without even realizing it. We assume things that we're afraid to admit, and we have questions that we're afraid to ask. And so I'm hoping to create a safe space for conversation. I'm putting some thoughts out there for reflection and consideration, and I'm hoping that as we chew on these topics, we'll all come to a greater understanding. Now, let's talk. All right. So in the last episode, we talked about the national, I mean, even global response to George Floyd's murder. And since that event, so many, particularly white people, have emailed and texted and messaged and called me saying, what can I do to help? What can our church do? What can our family do? And it it sort of feels like a train is rumbling across the nation um, or or the globe, and people just want to know how they can jump on. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have with me to help in this conversation, Aisha Bussey. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you, Nicole. So glad to be with you. Oh, yes. So um, just as a little introduction, Aisha owns her own marketing business called AB Marketing. And she also works for a nonprofit called Capital Good Fund. And not only that, but she volunteers, she's a wife, she's a mother of two. So she is busy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's important for us to know because the things that we're going to be talking about today are not things that, you know, you have to do this full time in order to do, you know, especially as we phase back into our life after COVID, we're going to go back to being busy people. And um, so these are very doable, given all of our constraints. Um, but, but so many of us want to do things that bring lasting change so that the murders that we've seen um, over these last few months and really that have been going on for a long time can finally be a thing of the past. Um, so in his YouTube series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, Emmanuel Acco talks about a bike ride and he, he, he talks about how he, he was riding his bike around a lake and when he was a few meters behind another cyclist, he raised his voice and shouted, on your left, and she didn't move. And then when he got a little closer, he shouted again, on your left, and she didn't move. And then when he was right behind her, he shouted one more time, on your left. (laughs) And she still didn't move. And there was a collision. You see, she was wearing earbuds and she didn't hear him. And many people have been walking around wearing earbuds and they haven't been listening, especially to things regarding race. And now there is a collision in our nation. And thankfully, many people are finally removing the earbuds and listening. So we're going to talk about um, some things that we can all do on a personal level and then kind of zoom out and talk more about the community level and the national level. And that's really where Aisha's going to jump in and, and, and help us out. 
Um, so first, um, on a personal level, and this is what I've told white friends as they've called and emailed and texted and all of that. Um, and that is how many black friends do you have? And I'm not asking that question to shame anybody, but just to drag a potential reality into the light. Um, and by friends, I do not mean that neighbor that you say, hey, and they say, hey, and then they go, and then you go, I'll go back in your house or that coworker, how was your weekend? Good, good. Okay, let's get to work. I am talking about a deeper level of friendship where you've been in their home and they've been in your home and you've had a meal together and they know the names of your kids and you know the name of their kids. I am talking about what author Miles McPherson set calls your in group. So the question is, how diverse is your in group? And the reason why that's important is because we all have blind spots. And as we interact with people who are not like us racially, socioeconomically, politically, we experience growth and maturity and empathy and sympathy and change. The poet John Donne said, no man is an island. We need each other. And we need people who come at life from a completely different angle from our own to see what we cannot see by ourselves. So firstly, seek out diverse relationships. And unless you live in North Dakota or Northern Maine or pretty much anywhere where it's cold and rural and there are like three black people, <laughs> seek out black friends. And, and become a humble listener and be in it for the long game. It takes time to build trust, for walls to come down, for there to be true transparency. But the best cure for racism is diverse friendships and a humble heart. And then we get to teach our children by example. And, and next week, I'm going to talk about reasons why that's hard, that's easier said than done. But for now, I just want to emphasize the importance of that. When we have diverse friendships, it is no longer us and them. It's just we. And, and secondly, and very, and very quickly is similar, is how diverse is your reading material? What do you read? What do you watch? What do you listen to? No matter where you live, you can read things by Black people and about Black people on this part of America and this part of our history. And if you don't know where to start, you could go to my website, NicoleDorley.com, but there is so much out there. There's so many different media and ways that we can begin to eat and drink from a different stream. I mean, I, Aisha, I know you're also very much into nutrition and, and, you know, what happens to the body if we only eat one kind of food, you know, we, we become sick uh, we need all kinds of different things to eat. And in the same way, intellectually and emotionally, we need to take in from different streams to be truly healthy. And, and third, and this is where I get to stop talking and finally pull Aisha into this conversation. Uh, Aisha, you've become somewhat of a community organizer on top of everything else that you do. And, you know, we've come to learn in this season, some of us knew it, some of us didn't, 
um, that there is racial bias in the criminal justice system. And unarmed Black people are twice as likely to be shot and killed by police than their white counterparts. So, so what can we do practically as parents and employees and employers and citizens and parents to help bring change in this area? Well, you know, Nicole, Nicole, that's a great question. And um, again, thanks for having me on your podcast. And I know you've been dedicated to having these complex discussions about racism, no matter how com- uncomfortable they are, for quite a while now. And I'm truly honored to join you um, on your podcast today and, and have this really important conversation. Um, I love the analogy that you talked about um, from Emmanuel. And I'm so glad that so many people are really ready to remove their earbuds and to listen. And even more importantly than listening, people are really ready to take action. And they're asking, what can I do? Um, so, you know, as we discuss the importance of doing all the internal work that we need to do to change our thoughts and beliefs and make our in-group more inclusive of people that don't necessarily look like us, um, it's just as important to do the external work to change actual policies, procedures, and laws that will directly influence change at the local, state, and national level. Um, You know, this is really low-hanging fruit, and it can make an immediate and direct impact as we continue to do um, the internal work that, as, as people, as humans, we should be doing you know, constantly in our lives. Um, Mm. We're all super busy. We have all sorts of things going on in life right now. And, you know, hello, (laughs) COVID-19. There's so many things that need to change. And as we dig deeper and and learn more about, you know, um, the the systematic oppression of of people of color and, and all the changes that need to happen, it can feel completely overwhelming, no matter if you're a Black person, a white person, or any other person. Um, and once you take a collective look at that, you know you realize there is a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, but with that said, I do believe that we each have our place in this fight for equality and for basic mm-hmm. human rights. Um, mm-hmm. And it's beyond time that we take a real stance against racism and especially in this time, police brutality. Um, mm-hmm. So here are just a few things that you, know, you we, all the, the listeners of this podcast, things that we can do. Um, you know, holding police departments accountable is, is extremely important. There's a, a great resource that I discovered called discoverpolicing.org. Um, mm. It has some super valuable information on who polices your community and how they do it. You can simply type in your county, your state, your city, your zip code, and it'll give you all sorts of information on who polices your community. Mm-hmm. Um, This website includes information on different types of law enforcement agencies, community policing, and even additional information on body cameras. Um, Mm. And speaking of body cameras, um, give a call to your local police department and ask the simple question, do they wear body cameras? Um, (laughs) Right. um, You know, a little stat that I found um, from, I believe the website is National Conference of State Legislatures uh, website. Um, only five states currently require body cameras to be worn as a part of their state legislation. Wow. Um, those wow. states are, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. And when I saw that stat, I, my eyes got huge and, and, you know, I was, I was shocked, but you, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you really start digging. Um, mm-hmm. uh, those five states are South Carolina, Nevada, Connecticut, California, and Florida. Um, mm-hmm. 
And this is a stat as of 2018. So this stat may have been updated since then, but obviously it does not include all of our 50 states. Um, mm -hmm. And even within those five states, the requirements are different. So some states say all state troopers have to wear them. Some states say only some state troopers have to wear them, but they can turn them off. So even within the boundaries of those five states who have that, that um, current law at the state level, there are still so many loopholes that can be gotten around. Um, mm. And as we're calling or writing our police departments, a few other questions that we can ask them are, you know, do they provide de-escalation training, implicit mm. bias training, uh, training in ethical decision-making? And, you know, the point of asking these questions really is to start prompting discussion um, and to really, you know, as citizens, we have the right to know things and we need to start asking some of those questions. Um, another question to ask is, you know, what about rules of use force, forceful um, tactics they use, chokeholds, other tactics for restraining people? Um, mm. Some people think that the incident with George Floyd was isolated or something new, but mm. um, there's an organization called the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, and it was founded in 1976, and it was founded to address this very issue among um, an, an array of other of other things within the police um, department. But wow. this just lets you know that the murder of George George Floyd was not an isolated incident or a yes. one-off occurrence. Yes, that's 40 years ago or something exactly. like that. Exactly. That and, yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, as we as we know, this is a battle that has been fought even long before that. Um, mm -hmm. So this is definitely a battle that spans across decades and probably centuries at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this may sound um, kind of sad and, you know, disparaging news, but the good news is that we're really already starting to see some changes made through the country in just this short period of, of time and in, in the last few weeks, which is great. Um, I believe that in part, these reforms are gonna happen because of the public pressure that we're all starting to put on um, our, our politicians and other people in power, and not just from the black community, but from, from everyone, every citizen of this country. And, and that's the important part. Um, you know, as citizens, we have to start asking questions mm -hmm. and shedding light on dysfunction and revealing some of these really big holes um, mm -hmm. that we're really starting to, to see ourselves. Um, a great example is on Tuesday, June 9th, Berkeley, California police announced that they are going to require de-escalation training as part of their, as an update to their use of force policy, um, you know, which is, which is great news. Um, there are so many states that are working on reform right now, but we have to keep the pressure on. Um, you know, here in New York state, traditionally, New York has not been a state that mandates de-escalation training statewide. Um, hmm. However, the New York State um, Legislature is making some immediate reforms, such as banning chokeholds, prohibiting racial profiling, and requiring data collection to identify racial bias. And if you just think about um, New York City, um, yes. the, the, the beautiful um, you know, plethora yes. of, of people that live in New York City, these are huge changes um, yes. for one of our most diverse places in this country. Yeah, incredible, incredible. And and that shows the power of these protests too. Mm -hmm. It is national pressure. That's what we that's that's one of the things we celebrate in this country is peaceful protest brings change. Absolutely, absolutely. Um and 
Another thing that we all have the right to do as citizens, which is probably um, one of the most immediate and huge profound things that we can do is vote. Um, mm. I'll say it again, please vote. Um, <laughs> once you know more about these policies and procedures in your area, it is crucial to vote and to let the information that you've learned fuel how you vote. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I know that in a, in a lot of cases, we, we just blindly choose a party because that's what we've been led to do. But it's really important to understand the candidates and what they stand for. And, mm -hmm. you know, who's really going to change um, your community and this, this country, um, because mm -hmm. we're ever evolving as a country. We're changing every day and we need leaders who recognize that and will continue to strive to make this country better. Mm. Um, voting so at the... Yeah, voting at for the president is urgent, um, but voting at the local um, level is essential. Um, mm -hmm. These are the people who impact your community. These are the people who decide your budget, your school budgets. These are the people who decide um, who and how the, the police um, impact your area. These are the people who decide what buildings go up, what buildings go down. These are the people who impact you directly. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, vote411.org is a great resource um, to assist you on the um, on upcoming elect election information as well as voting. Um, this site can help you get registered to vote. You can find your local representatives. You can see mm -hmm. who's on the ballot for the next election. You can click on them and find their 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 social media um, presence. So you really can do your research and become your own you know political sleuth of sorts. Um, yeah or expert, you know, and, and really exercise the right that we all have. Um, yes. So good. We, we really do have a voice. We all have a voice and we, uh, each of our voices deserve to be heard. Um, and we have our right as Americans to vote. And we have our right to ask questions and we have our right to protest peacefully when we see changes that need to happen. Um, and it really is high time that we start exercising all of those rights. Yeah, so good. So good. I heard that only about 50% of the people vote in local elections. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, that needs to change, as you said so well. Um, I, I want to just sort of bring one caveat here when you're as you're deciding whom to vote for. Um, be, be aware of the, you know, you're going to look at different platforms that people run on and stuff like that. But specifically, beware of the platform tough on crime. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we all want people who have done truly bad things to be put in jail. Um, but we know that white and black people use and sell drugs at the same rate, yes. for example. So if tough on crime means putting nonviolent black drug users in jail and nonviolent white drug users in rehab, mm -hmm. And that is clearly a double standard yes. and it's not, and it's not right. And I think that both all people who struggle with addiction deserve a chance in rehab. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, the truth is the sad truth is that there are racists everywhere, every, everywhere, any profession there, there, there are people who are going to hold racism in their hearts but, but unlike other professions, police are empowered to use force, including lethal force, so they need to be held at a greater accountability. 
Um, and of course, most police officers are good people who really do want to serve and protect. But as my friend, Pastor Elizabeth Graham said, even good people can be part of systems that need to be reformed. Mm -hmm. And although there are more and more black people in the middle class and upper middle class and affluent and black people who are in positions of power, we still are only 13% of the American population. And so we need white people to also step up and realize that this is not a black problem. Mm -hmm. This is our problem in our country. And we all need to do what we can to make our America better. You know, the, the, the writer James Baldwin said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. So good. Hi, this is Nicole Doily. Join us next time for Let's Talk Conversations on Race. And in the meantime, visit NicoleDoily.com.